Hello there, you beautiful gamers. His name's Aaron. And his name is Tommy. And this is episode 8 of the Super Pod Saga, the podcast where we are going to talk about every single topic in video games one at a time. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, we actually have a bit of house cleaning to take care of before we get to today's topic because, I don't know, I feel like we're getting more listeners every time, and that's cool. And our last oh, yeah. episode was the best weapons in video games, and we actually had a comment about a, a weapon that we missed. And, and you have that, right, Aaron? Yeah, so... Uh, so... Um, at NES underscore is underscore life on Twitter. Thanks for calling us out on the whole portal gun thing. Yeah, we uh, we did we did a uh, initial recording of episode seven, I believe, and then things got messed up and we had to re-record it and we forgot the portal gun. Yeah. But uh, but thank you for pointing that out. The portal yeah, gun we totally talked about it. Great. I swear, there's no evidence of it except on my computer. But we absolutely mentioned the portal gun the first time. Yep. So, yep. Thank you, buddy. Um, yeah, portal gun is great. Thank you. It is. It is absolutely great. Definitely one of the best weapons. I also had a text message from a person who said, I'm, I won't give their name, um, uh, directly after you guys talked, this is what they said, directly after you guys talked about Kurt Schilling, I would have said his slider was one of the best weapons ever in a video game, which that's a good line. I chuckled when I saw that. I was like, oh, his pitch is a weapon. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> oh, I, I thought they were talking about, like, how he... I, I didn't know what position he played in baseball. When they said slider, I thought they were talking about, like, how he slid to a base or oh, something. Oh, no, Aaron. What's your favorite baseball position? <laughs> Short stop. I'm nice. not entirely sure. <laughs> nice. That's a good position. <laughs> is it? Cool. All right. I love the shortstop. <laughs> um. Yes, Kurt Schilling was a pitcher, and a slider is a pitch that goes from left to right or right to left instead of just going straight. Oh, okay, that's cool. It's, it's tricky. Uh, he did have a good one. He was a good pitcher. But that's neither here or there. We're here to talk about video games, and what is our topic for today that you picked, Aaron? Yeah, today we're talking about video game bosses, and uh, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, it is. I, um, As I usually do, I Google like best, worst whatever the topic is just to refresh my memory because i played a lot of video games and i can't remember them all and one thing i noticed while doing quote unquote research was that like boss fights were way more impactful and like mainline in the past and there are like hardly any of note in recent years why do you think that is aaron uh i couldn't really tell you i know that yeah. I mean, there's maybe there's maybe some recent games that i, I could recall that had some pretty good boss fights, like Bravely Default 2 had a couple that were pretty memorable, but um, I think it's that's about weird. it. Yeah, the Souls the Souls series are pretty well known for their major yeah. boss fights, but like it just felt like in the past every game had to have a boss fight of some kind or multiple boss fights, and then everyone was just like, nah. Because what what do you even what do you look for in a good boss fight? What do you what do you think is a good boss fight? Um. The the ones that I jotted down on my list are ones that are like the ones that are just really memorable to me. Not necessarily like the best ones or like the hardest ones, but ones that really, really I guess stuck to my brain whenever I think of like the best boss fights. But I think um like some other good ones would be like ones that just have really sweet mechanics. Like uh there were a couple like like the uh the last boss in like Final Fantasy Ten, how it would like Throughout the entire game, you would use your uh, your summons as like your 
your go-to like trump card to be like the best of the bosses but then nope it'll like if you summon something it'll take that summon and fight you with that summon so you're like well shit yeah and so wait i have a question you the yes. the final fantasy 10 boss fight you're calling that one of the best boss fights uh i mean it's, it's just really memorable? it's really memorable i mean i, I guess I, I would say that the best ones are the ones that are most memorable but i was just curious because mm. in my research that was on the, one of the lists of worst boss fights in video games oh shit <laughs> so it shows oh, your taste in video games is terrible <laughs> what i know i guess <laughs> no i was gonna say that i feel like uh boss fights can be hard to balance because you want them to be challenging and to be like grand and epic but at the same time the player needs to actually be able to defeat them so it's tough to to kind That's of true. make it so that it's it's cool but also like something you can manage and i feel like a lot of video games struggle with that. Like, I was surprised trying to think of memorable boss fights just out of memory. But when I looked at stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, I found a ton. So what is the first one you want to talk about? The first one that I wanted to talk about was from my favorite game of all time, Final Fantasy IX. What? And, um, yeah, and it, it's uh, against Black Waltz number three. And this one, um, I mean, I, again, fuck what I know about great boss battles, because apparently I suck. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> This one really stuck out to me because um so so first off he uh he's a black mage like BB is and he he attacks your party while you're on this airship because he's like he's like hey boys give me Garnet you know oh I'm gonna gosh, take her back to like the me. queen yeah and then uh, and then your party's like no nah, dog we're not doing that and then you fight him and um so yeah uh then before you fight him he uh this like really sweet cg cutscene plays which was really back in the, the ps1 days it was they're they phenomenal looking um but the sweet scene plays where on this on that same ship you're on there's all these other black mages um which uh for those who haven't played final fantasy 9 black mages in that game are like these artificial beings that were created for the sake of uh i guess just like um not not necessarily slavery, but they're programmed to be used as like workers and stuff, and like that's their only purpose. Um, yeah, there's these other black mages on the ship, and they're trying to like shoot down the black waltz and get him off the ship because he's just going crazy and blowing shit up. Um, so the black waltz gets super pissed and he starts blowing up those other black mages, and um, and poor little BB he sees those other black mages falling off the ship and just being blown to bits. Um, so he goes Super Saiyan mode, he goes into trance, and then that's when the, the, the boss or boss fight starts, and then um, after the boss fight, of course, you beat his ass, and then he, he kind of just falls off the ship, um, but there just happens to be another ship that's behind you, uh, being um, being flown by, by Zorn and Thorn, those two Jester dudes that are the uh, like two, I guess, right-hand men of the Queen, so... They're chasing after your ship and another ship. But uh, like Zidane flies the cargo ship through this big old south gate, closes just in time, and Black Waltz runs his ship right into the right into the front of that gate, blows up to bits. And you'd think that was the end of him, but nope, you fight him again. Um when uh when Dagger and Steiner split up from the group, they're taking this train back to Alexandria. Um and then after a little bit, that train 
stops for whatever reason. So everybody gets out to sea, and it's just this badly beaten and just just beat to shit Black Waltz number three. He's like, and he's barely hanging on. He was like, must capture princess. And he's just going absolutely nuts. Um, so you, so uh, Garnet, Steiner, and, uh, and Marcus, which is one of Zidane's thief buddies and Tantalus, you fight Black Waltz again. And throughout the whole battle, he's just, he's slowly breaking down. He was like, he was like, must capture and he's just he's going nuts and then you beat him again and then then he's finally dead he just collapses and uh that one was just cool to me because i had one stage like close to the beginning of the game and then later on that second stage where he's just beaten and like it, it like his only main purpose is to like like those other black mages their their purpose is to work and you know build and farm and stuff like that his purpose is to capture the princess and he he's just so like he's so goddamnedly trying to get that princess but but nah man he, he gets he's his ass beat how how old were you when you played final fantasy 10 and experienced this for the first time or nine final fantasy nine excuse me um i can't remember but i know i know i know i was, was pretty young i want to say like maybe um maybe 11 or 12 i remember I got a uh, gift card for my grandma for Christmas. Nice. And yeah, and that game was like the, the first game I ever bought on my own. And uh, yeah, I probably was about yeah, ten, no, eleven or twelve, I want to say something like that. It's it's interesting to me because I played Final Fantasy IX for the first time like two years ago, and one, I feel special for actually remembering the stuff that you're talking about. And I'm like, oh yeah, that happened, and yeah. that happened. But I didn't have nearly the memories of the Black Walls that you did because, to me, it was just this giant creature that showed up randomly and started blowing stuff up. And I'm like, I, why are you doing this? What is going on? And then it showed up later, and I didn't even know it was the same one because it's Black Walls 2. So I was like, oh, this is a, the second one, I guess. <laughs> and, oh, and those jesters, too, Zorn and Thorn, they were super weird, too. Like... Me seeing this as an adult, I'm like, what is happening? I don't, why are all these weird things just keep, it's just weird things. Like, I enjoyed it, but I was like, I don't know yep. what's going on here. So it's really cool that uh, as a younger person, you were like, this is, like, just getting really into it. I I would have loved to experience that. And, what, and, and what's also super cool is that he was, he's the third Black Waltz. Um, the first one, let me clear my throat real fast, sorry. Clear it. Damn, okay. So yeah, he, he's the third Black Waltz. The first one you fight, he uh to this icy cave, and he has this he summons this like sea lion it's called. And then the second Black Waltz, I honestly forget, because it wasn't that great. But this third one was just like the coolest one to me. But uh mm-hmm. yeah, well what, what what did you have for your very first one? My very first one, uh, I guess since you're you talked about one of your favorite games from all time, I'll talk about one of mine, and it is the battle against Red in Pokemon Gold slash Silver slash Crystal. Ooh, because, that's a good one. Yeah, this is another one that was completely mind blowing as a kid, and even like as the Pokemon series has gone on, I still think it's one of the best because in Pokemon Red and Blue, the the final thing you needed to accomplish was beating the elite four and then beating the champion and then that was basically it and in pokemon gold and silver 
you beat the Elite Four, and then it's like, ah, oh, cool. Hey, how about you go to the country from the first game and go and get eight more badges and beat the Elite Four again? So it's like double the game, which I still don't know why they haven't had other countries in their games. They still keep sticking to one when, like, Gold did this miraculous thing. Um, anyways, so your adventure doubles in length. You go and beat the Elite Four again. And then you go to this place called Mount Silver, climb all the way to the top, and up at the top is is Red, who is... Correct, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's the main character from the, the manga, right? Uh, he's also the main character from the, the first games to the... the oh, Red yeah, that's Red right, Blue. that's right. Yeah, yep. it's, it's the character you played as in Pokemon Red. And he doesn't say anything, it's just silence, and then you start fighting. And he's got the most difficult pokemon ever like charizard blastoise venusaur at level 77 a level 73 yep. espeon level 75 snorlax and then to top oh, it off, snorlax <laughs> to top it off a level 81 pikachu which you know that's <laughs> holy shit yeah and and uh it's like every other fight in the game is you know it's you're just supposed to go in there do your attacks and move on but he has th his pokemon actually have like thought put behind their attacks like, Venusaur has Sunny Day, so that the Solar Beam goes in one turn. Or Blastoise has Rain Dance, which I think does something to Blizzard, maybe? No, no. Anyways, no, it's for uh, Hydro Pump. It gives it 100% accuracy. Well, he doesn't know Hydro Pump. He knows Surf and Whirlpool and Blizzard. Oh, oh it also does boost water moves, but... There we go. Sorry, there we go. <laughs> no, no, that's I needed that information. And the Pikachu knows Charm, so it can... It, it's just, like, an insanely difficult fight at the end of the game, where where i feel like the pokemon games have kind of shied away from challenges in, in later years um, that was super duper cool though like uh oh yeah no other games have done that where you fight like the uh the main beefed up character from the very first games in the series yeah, um it, it just made some connectivity between the two that i really liked god and he was an absolute bastard too first off mount silver had like some had some of the most high-level Pokemon mm -hmm. in the game, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. So you gotta fight your goddamn way up there, and then there's also other trainers in there. And then you get to Red, and yeah, you just totally... That, that Snorlax, I have nightmares it's, of that guy sometimes. You could use a super effective attack, and it wouldn't even take, like, a half chunk, a chunk of his life because he was so beefy. And then he just, just rest and get it all back. Yeah, dude. He's, just, he's wearing, like, a Kevlar vest made of... Uh, Made of that like gelatin stuff that <laughs> they used to make those uh, the surgical dummies and everything. Holy cow! After you damage him enough, he just pulls it off and it's just his stomach underneath, and you're like, no. Um, <laughs> and then uh, in Heart Gold Soul Silver, the remakes for DS, I never beat Red because they made it even harder somehow. They really? uh, yeah, they made it so that it's hail weather the whole time. Oh. <laughs> And uh, so that made Blastoise's Blizzard or whatever super effective. And yeah. he had, like, other things. So, yeah, you're just taking damage from the weather and from his Pokemon all at the same time. I never beat it. I, I didn't want to go back and grind for however long. I'm sure I could have. But, yeah, the first time I got crushed and I was like, this shouldn't be happening in a Pokemon game. <laughs> That's what, lo what levels were they? Uh, let me look. Give me a couple seconds to Google. Uh, did you ever play Heart Gold Soul Silver? I did, but sadly it was a long time ago. Like me and uh, me and a good buddy of mine, we both bought the games, and he had one version and I had the other one. 
and um, they've just they've been so expensive for so long that I just uh, I haven't been able to, to buy a new copy. Um, so in Heart Gold Soul Silver, every Pokemon is a higher level. He's got Venusaur, Charizard, and Blastoise that go from they were seventy seven in red or gold and silver. In Heart Gold Soul Silver, they're eighty four. There's oh, Jesus. <laughs> in seven Espeon, he has a level eighty. Lapras, the Snorlax is level eighty two, and the Pikachu is no. eighty eight. Which I I don't know for sure, but that sounds like it's got to be like the highest level Pokemon of any trainer battle. I I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's the Elite Four don't even come close to no, that. I'm pretty no. sure they're in their forties when you first face them, and then seven. Oh shit! Time. I could be oh, wrong. My God, um, that, that sounds about right. This is horribly random, but I I, sh- I really shouldn't even bring it up. I just saw a tweet on Twitter where someone ranked all their Pokemon games, and they had Gen 2 as dead last. And no one in the comments defended Gen 2, and I'm like, that's my favorite out of all of them. <laughs> I don't and, see why. Gen 2 did a lot of cool I know, shit. Like that, I know. They, they brought in like the, the night and day cycle. They brought in the... Um, little pokey watch thing you could do so much with Breeding. you could call people you could yeah. make your pokemon have sex with each other yeah <laughs> <laughs> what that's crazy but i, I guess you know each it's, their own, it's twitter it's twitter it's everyone's yeah. gonna have an opinion uh speaking of absolute bastards my next my next boss is uh the yellow devil from the first Mega Man game um and holy shit uh i, I i've played the original Mega Man so many times and i can at least get through like the, the the usual bosses but yellow devil once i get to him it's just it, it's impossible you have to be like a, like an absolute uh g fuel sponsored pro gamer to beat that piece of shit because <laughs> so um if you haven't googled Google, if you haven't googled him oh, yet, I, I googled him. he's uh okay cool he's just this yellow doesn't look anything like a devil this is not yeah this guy has but, no yeah. right being called a devil <laughs> oh i mean he's called a devil because he's Hard as fuck to beat. <laughs> but yeah, he's got that red eye in the middle. And that, that eye is the only place where you can damage him. Mm. So throughout the throughout the fight, he's constantly disassembling his body piece by piece, moving to the other side of the screen. And you have to dodge each piece in like an almost horizontal Tetris-like fashion. Because um, he reassembles in the other side. And you have to keep shooting his, his little, little weak spot. Otherwise, that fight is never going to end. But I... I've tried so hard to memorize the patterns of each piece, um, and I just can't. And then I go and like I, I go and see like people doing no damage runs of the first Mega Man, oh and they could beat that son of a bitch without taking damage. And I don't know how people do it. That's that's just, it's impossible to me. I just I cannot. But, uh, but yeah, fuck that guy. Honestly, I love. Uh... Cool. Hell. I love my only experience with this guy is seeing him in the Super Smash Bros. stage. Yeah. In Wiley Castle. So I have seen Mr. Yellow Devil. I can't imagine fighting him. But speaking of people who do no damage runs, I... It's... Watching speedrunners or people do those kinds of things is absolutely insane to me. I just... I saw a gif of somebody doing a speedrun on a Fall Guys level and I was like, I am so untalented. If, if you had to pick a game that you would go pro at speedrunning in, which do you think you would have the best chance of, of going pro in speedrunning? Oh, God. Um, me? Maybe? No, I can't really think of anything, honestly. Um, yeah, it's because we maybe suck go- at video games. 
maybe Golden Sun, because I still have a good bunch of that game memorized. I could probably fly through that game and I don't, I don't remember how many hours it take. That's a good one. That's a good pick. I, I think Trackmania is the only one that I like specify trying to get faster on, so I could probably maybe make it in Trackmania. But I, um, yeah. I, have a, I have an untraditional pick for my next boss. It would get it out. The Golden Path from Tunic. This Ooh. is going to be major heavy spoilers, complete and total spoilers. So if you haven't played Tunic yet, because that came out this year, go play Tunic and, and then come back and listen to this podcast. Um, God damn it. I love hearing you talk about this game. <laughs> it's... <laughs> When we, when we do our game of the year, I'm sure it's going to be on there. <laughs> um, so, it, Tunic is like a, a Legend of Zelda Link to the Past type game with Souls-like elements, surprisingly. And uh, so it's got super hard boss fights, super duper difficult boss fights. And you get to the point at the end, near the end of the game where you get to the final boss. And I faced her once and she just absolutely crushed me. I don't even know if I got a single hit in. And uh, at that point, uh, throughout the, I should mention, throughout the game, as you're traveling the world, you're collecting pieces of the game's manual. And they're in a different language, so you can only kind of figure out what they mean. And uh, I found a manual piece that showed, like, from what I could decipher, for the end of the game, there are two options. Option A, which is defeat that boss that I just died to, and option B find the golden path and i was like well i'm never gonna do a because combat is hard (laughs) so i'm gonna go for this golden path and i like searched the entire world trying to find this golden path couldn't do anything like my only clue was a manual page that was like a a door in the mountains that had like a grid of four by five and and the grid had squares with numbers on them and it was like golden path and i'm like okay this is a clue but i have no idea what this means because there are no numbers in this world and uh on another manual page i saw just this tiny picture this wasn't even the focus of the page it was just a tiny picture that showed a box number and then showed another number next to it that looked like the the number in the manual and so i was like oh did those squares correspond to the the number on the the manual and so I looked at the numbers on the manual, and this whole time, this entire game, there have been hidden on the manual pages golden lines, either in like the background of a manual or or, or uh, just like as a part of something that you never realized. And so you take these golden lines on each page and fit them in to the uh, the door picture. And you've got this really, really long, complex line that is the golden path. And you go to the door in the mountain, which you can physically go through, and then you use your D-pad to tap out that line. And the door opens, and you get the final manual page. And then you go and bring the entire manual to that boss, and she reads it and realizes, like, wow, I've been a total bitch. Let's just get <laughs> out of here. Let's just get out of here and, and like, make cookies or something. And nope. I just really loved how it gave you an option like you you can totally beat the game by defeating the boss that's an option but they also had an option for those who are aren't as good at combat like me it's like it was a puzzle final boss which i've never really seen before and 
it was extremely well done and just all the different pieces you had to put together all the different clues you had to find to figure it out was was so satisfying and so good and that it was a viable option to actually beat the game was even better that's that game was yeah unconventional really was the best word for it that uh it was cool how they did the uh they had that golden path thing like it was in the game like they they sort of told you how to get to it but they didn't like yeah and it was in your face the whole time that's it's just as cryptic as the uh, like the post game stuff in Fez where you had to like decipher that language oh that they gosh. have. I just gave up when that happened. I, I saw they, the first credits and I was like, "That's it, I'm done." And then it didn't it give you like a first person view. Yeah, yep. That, that's how you found the uh, that's um, right. the different messages that led you to different clues. Um, and I remember um, in Fez trying to de- I went to like a Reddit page trying to just dis- like understand. And uh, to try to understand that stupid language, oh, I I got like maybe two two letters memorized, and the rest I just had to just take a snapshot of with my phone. And eventually, I gave up because the people who actually deciphered that stuff like took the time to learn all of that stuff in Fez, and then figured out like the black monolith bullshit. That uh, man, that's yeah, that okay. requires a lot of patience that I just don't have. <laughs> I, I will say without spoiling it, do not try to decipher the language in Tunin. It is not a simple letter-letter replacement or symbol-word replacement. It is way more complex than that. <laughs> really? Yeah, I. It's. I'll, I'll message it to you later because I don't want to spoil any more than I've already spoiled. Oh, that's fine. It's, it's super, super complex, and I don't know how you would be able to figure it out on your own, but people obviously do. <laughs> Oh man, um, so yeah, the, so yeah. Speaking of, of totally complex and just insane, uh, the next boss that I have is um, it's one from Borderlands Two. It's Terramorphus the Invincible. Oh, what a um, fun name! Yeah, and uh, and this guy, um, it, it's a it's a post game quest and and or yeah, it's post game quest, and he's considered like like the true, you know, big boss of the game or what or true final boss or something like that. I forget, but um, the quest that you take to fight him is called you will die seriously. <laughs> um, and essentially you, uh, you and, or your teammates, you, you drop down, like you go through this hole and you drop down into this big open area where, where Terramorphus is just chilling. And he's just this big s- snake or a worm or like serpent or whatever. And I, uh, and what makes it so difficult is not only does he have, just the most ridiculous amount of HP. Like he has the most HP of any boss in that whole entire game. Um, but he also will constantly throw boulders at you and or your teammates, which do stupid amounts of damage. But then he'll also summon these smaller tentacles that poke through the ground and they'll shoot at you. Um, and there's different types of tentacles too. Like there's ones that'll just shoot lasers at you. Um, there'll be ones that'll shoot like lightning. that will take down your shields or whatever. And there's a few other ones, but um, uh, this one I have a pretty good amount of experience with because me and uh, my brother Devin and our good buddy Jared, we would we would try our damnedest to like speed run this whole uh, this whole boss. Um, and back in the day, there was this one there's this one spot. There was this mountain or pile of rocks or whatever right right by where you where you uh, drop down into the boss fight. And there was this one specific spot that you could sit in, and um, 
where, where he couldn't hit you with anything. Neither None of the tentacles could hit you with anything at all. So you, if you sat in that one specific spot, you took no damage, and you could just, just blast the absolute shit out of him. Nice. You know, yeah. Um, and that, that was that was one of the coolest boss battles ever because it you, you can you can beat him using like the actual way not being a, a little <laughs> little bitch like we were um but it's just so difficult because there's all those tentacles and you got to divide your time between taking out those tentacles and then shooting the big motherfucker but see that's oh. that's i think the definition of a good boss fight because it's not just a bullet sponge that takes a lot of bullets but actually has different mechanics that keep you on your toes yeah and that's actually gonna lead into mine i i it was almost like you were talking about the the same boss but from a different game i'm talking about everyone say it with me fogoth the untamed (laughs) from 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 destiny the first one he was the final boss in the summoning pit strike that's what it's called right well, it was it was a strike in the first uh, Destiny, and it was uh, as I said in the last oh. episode, Destiny had a huge impact on me. Did you just Google him? Yeah, I know this guy. Okay, yeah. I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. Go ahead. And uh, in Destiny One, the strikes were actually like super difficult. Like they were not something that you just went through and defeated. Like they were really really difficult or maybe my strike team was just bad but either way uh it's fogoth is he's called a uh he he's a an ogre he's a giant giant creature with a hunchback and usually they have big eyes that they shoot lasers out of but this guy is like tumors covering his face and body and uh when you first come to fight him he's like chained in the middle of the room and there's a bunch of smaller enemies around, but you're free to, like, just keep shooting at him. He'll shoot his laser at you, but, like, he's just chained to the thing. And you're like, okay, well, this is kind of surprisingly easy. And then when you get his health down to a certain amount, he just rips the chains out. And then he's moving around the arena, shooting you with his laser and stuff. And it's just such a... It takes you back, and you're like, oh, no, this is bad. And he's very dangerous, and it was just so memorable to me early on in Destiny yeah. having to fight this guy. Um, I, uh, remember they had an exotic weapon or, yeah, it had to have been an exotic weapon early on in Destiny that could shoot through walls. That was its special ability. It was a sniper rifle that could shoot through walls. And (laughs) one of my friends got it. And so we would stand in the room before going into him and you could just shoot him through the wall until he was dead and he wouldn't break free from the chains because that wouldn't trigger because you hadn't entered the area yet. So just like you uh-huh. cheated in your Borderlands game, we cheated in our Destiny game. They um, they eventually made it so like a super difficult enemy would spawn in that room if you didn't exit. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 So we had core to... memories. Yeah. Oh, absolute core memories. I uh, Destiny is the only game where I've met a random person that actually became a friend for a while. We uh. I played it with an actual real life friend and then one night playing the multiplayer we had a guy who like carried us and did awesome and so we added him as a friend and he added us back and he had a microphone and then we just played destiny nice. for months on end there was i think i yeah i have a, a buddy like that that i met i i forget what game i met him through so his name this isn't the joey that we know but his name uh-huh. is also joey um 
And uh, I met him. He was a friend of a friend, um, but he messaged me because I was playing some obscure-ass game on the 360 that I forget the name of. Um, but yeah, he was like, oh, dude, do you want to run through that game 100% all the all the achievements? And me, back in the day, I was like, like hell yeah, I'm all about getting all <laughs> the achievements. achievements. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we became good buddies by playing that game, and then we played other games. Like, we played Overwatch together for a long time, but other... Uh, and just a good bunch of other stuff, but what the hell was the name of that game? It was um Mario I was, Kart. I think it was yeah, Hunted the Demons Forge. That's oh, what it was. Close. I was so close. You were you were oh man. <laughs> um, God. Yeah, eventually we all moved on from Destiny and I never talked to him again, but it was Yeah, it was that super, poor guy. Super cool for those few months. Um He's just he's He's sitting at home alone. He's got this little like little shrine with with the, your picture in it. It's and our like, fire team picture. <laughs> <laughs> he comes home and he he turns on his little record player and it's the uh, the Pagliacci like crying clown opera and he's like, "Why? <laughs> I miss you, Strike Team." He could, he could still be playing Destiny because Destiny still exists and the servers are still on. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's patiently waiting for you guys. He's like, "Any minute now." Oh man, I. Did I have the digital version? No, I had to have had the disc version because I want to, man, I wish that, I wish so badly that I could turn on my PlayStation 3 and it could be like, oh, you had the disc versions of these games, so let me just let you download them. But that's not, I how, feel that. that's not how it worked back then. And I can't find all my PlayStation 3 games. I I do not know what happened to them. Is I feel like the original Destiny has to be just super cheap, though. Is it 20 not? 20 bucks. Really? Yep. Okay, I mean, that, that's still not bad, but... I know, it's not, but and, it's like, I'm not going to spend $20 on something just to be like, yeah, I remember these feelings. <laughs> God, I remember one of the coolest things in Destiny was, I forget which strike it was, maybe maybe it was the Glass Vault or something like that, but uh, you had to go through that little little maze that had those Gorgons or whatever, they're like these little balls that like float around, and if they if they see you... They'll shoot the piss out of you. I, I forget if it was like a one-hit kill or not. But, yes, um, I, I, that was the Vault of Glass raid. That Vault of Glass. That was the raid in Destiny. And you are correct. If if at any point when you're going through this maze, one of those ball things sees you, your entire team instantly dies. Yep. I remember we had... Uh, uh, again, it was, it was me, Devin, and Jared. We, uh, Us and like two other people, I forget. Um, we would... There, there were two people that were hunters, I think they were called, the people who yep. would go invisible. Yep. Uh, they would go invisible, and they would just speed run right through that, and they would trigger the next um, checkpoint or whatever, so everybody would just hop <gasps> off a cliff and die, and they would respawn. Oh, that would work. Um, I'm pretty sure. Unless I mean, I'm... Yeah, it, sound, it makes sense. Um, I, yeah. I attempted the raid exactly once, because you needed six people, like... You couldn't. There was no matchmaking, so you had to actually find people to to team with. And the one person in our six person group that knew how to do everything didn't have a microphone, so he communicated. Oh. And it was on PlayStation Three, so there's no typing messages, so he had to communicate through crouching and jumping and shooting. And so we had to follow him through the maze, and it was <laughs> very very difficult. <laughs> we never we never completed it. We got to the final boss and we just couldn't communicate figure it out etc i've that was the only time i've ever attempted a destiny raid because 
I don't have the time because they take hours. <laughs> yeah. How, I don't understand how we didn't have a mic back in that day because I feel like all sorts of third-party companies were making mics for, well, the 360 anyway, but they, they had to have made just absolute dozens of, of mics for the PS3, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I had one and my other friends had one. Come on, guy, get with it. It's, it's probably like ten bucks. Just go to go to go to Lamestop and buy a mic. Yeah, Break go a back doofus. in time and, and fix it so that I could have beaten a raid in Destiny. Speaking of big dumb dummies, the next uh, next boss that I have is uh, his name is Jubileus, the creator, and or or she, I guess, and it's from Bayonetta, the, the first Bayonetta. Um, and have, have you played any of the Bayonetta games, Tommy? Uh, I played the demo for the first one on PlayStation Three. Had a lot nice. of fun with that. Yeah, that the those games are so over the top and just wild. Um so so Jubileus, the creator, is the, the final boss of the first game. And essentially it's it's this like ancient god, it's like the embodiment of divine will or some shit like that. Um Very good and it's just, Yeah, it's and you fight it in space or some shit, I'm pretty sure. Um but yeah, it's just, it's massive. It's like it's damn near. I wouldn't say like planet sized, but it's just gigantic. Um, and so you you attack different like points on its body, and then you and then it, I forget exactly how the the whole entire fight goes, but um, eventually, um, eventually, you'll get to the point where like in in boss fights in Bayonetta, when the bosses get to a certain amount of health, it'll trigger this like QTE mm. where. Um, She'll summon one of her wicked weaves, which will take the form of like a giant like dragon made up entirely of her hair, or like a giant spider or some shit. Um But with that boss fight, when you do the the wicked weave, it takes the form of this it's this other like ancient god of like the Umbra Witches. Um, I forget exactly. But um but yeah, you, you fight it as that, and it just beats the ever loving piss of Jubileus, and then it <laughs> And then it punches Jubileus' soul out of its body and sends it hurtling into the fucking sun. Nice. Um, so then all, all that's left is just the statue that made up Jubileus' body. And that slowly falls from space down to the earth. Um, and then Bayonetta and her her sister or comrade or whatever, uh, Jean, uh, you just destroy that fucking statue so it doesn't plummet to the earth and destroy it. And, uh, and then, yeah, that's it. It was just this massive and just super rad off. They punched its fucking soul out of its body <laughs> into the sun. And yeah, so, um, God, damn it, rocks. Yeah, that sounds like absolutely one of those epic, uh, crazy, zany boss fights. Was it challenging or was it more spectacle? It was pretty challenging, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, cause Bayonetta, Bayonetta revolves over, a, a lot around dodging and stuff like that because if you dodge at the right time you trigger uh which time which slows down time and stuff we're gonna just use a regular dodge but yeah you, you do gotta dodge quite a bit and, and not get hit or else you'll die a lot speaking of that demo for the first one uh i had a friend in college who was super into the god of war games so after i played the demo it's a reasonable would you say it's a reasonable assumption that he would like bayonetta yeah, I would think so, yeah. It's, it's about the same kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, they're both single-player, melee, whatever. So I was yeah. like, dude, I'm going to bring my PlayStation. you got to try this demo for this game. I could buy it, and we could play it. And do you want to know what happened when he started playing it? Huh. 
He moved the character a few feet and was like, I don't want to play as a girl. And didn't play. <laughs> That's stupid. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I'm not playing as a girl. I'm like, what a weirdo. Okay. Do you think, uh, do you think it's about time for an ad break? Yes, I was going to ask you. Uh, ad break time. Okay, um, we are. Uh, our episode this week is brought to you by Leo's Spaghetti Bar and Spaghetti Grill. Um, oh, we all know and love that family favorite meal: spaghetti, noodley, saucy, messy. Um, but uh, Leo's, they they're they're tired of the same old same old spaghetti. They they've taken that old family favorite and they those culinary mad scientists have made it into all sorts of different awesome delicious things. Um, they've got They've got their signature dishes, like the, the spaghetti burger, which is just spaghetti that's been mushed into a patty and thrown right onto the grill. Yummy. Got their spaghetti loaf, which again is spaghetti mashed into a loaf, and then baked, and then uh, yeah, and then um, got your scrambled spaghetti, which is like scrambled eggs, but minus the eggs, you just chop up spaghetti, throw it on the grill. Yum. I, I love my you peanut can... butter and jelly uh, spaghetti bread. Ooh, that'd be good. And you can wash it all down with their specialty cocktails like the Spaghettini, the Spaghettorito, or the Spaghettihattin. Mm, um, uh, make sure you save room for dessert because they also have a just awesome spaghetti cake, which, at, you guessed it, is just spaghetti mashed into the shape of a cake and then tossed into the oven and baked at 450 degrees for about 10 minutes. And uh, you might be asking, well, what's what the hell is so special about Leo's? Spaghetti, like what makes it so different from any other spaghetti? Uh, What's? Well, I'd love to tell you, but that's just it's a closely guarded family secret recipe that's only ever been shared with the IRS for for tax purposes. So um, don't don't ask again. They're not gonna tell you. They've got, so yeah, they've got spaghetti guns that they are not afraid to use. That's true, and their suits are made out of spaghetti. The waiters, they they bring over like pictures of what normally would be water but it's just pureed spaghetti <clears throat> tasty um yeah again that's that's leo's spaghetti bar and spaghetti grill uh leo spaghetti bar and grill don't wear white and bring your own napkins thanks leo <laughs> that's it <laughs> oh oh this is perfect to keep going with the italian theme <laughs> my my next boss is from a, a little known game called Super Mario Bro- Brothers. Super Mario. Oh uh, yes. Uh, hey. Uh, it's a me, Wahoo. Um, <coughs> Bowser is his name. Oh, yeah. I I'm being genuine in this. The uh, in the first Super Mario Bros, Bowser was an absolute bitch and uh, ruined ruined many many successful runs for me in that game because. As I'm sure everyone knows, there's eight worlds in Super Mario Bros. And in the fourth stage of each world, it's Bowser. And he does this stupid jump-up thing at random times. Or he throws his flame, random levels. And, and you, like, you, you'll run and you'll jump and you'll be like, Hey, I'll just jump over this big guy. And he's like, nope, I'm going to jump too. And if you touch me, you die. And you're like, okay, then I'll just wait. And he doesn't jump. And he doesn't jump. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go jump. And he's like, haha, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> And eventually, when you do get past him, in later levels, he's like, eat hammers, little guy! And he starts throwing fucking hammers. 20 hammers. And it's... it's 
Oh man, I've never beaten the original Super Mario Bros. I've gotten to World Eight, and and it's just too difficult. And having Bowser at the end with his stupid hammers and his stupid flames, and taking up half the available space that you need to get past him. I like like the idea of him going full Dikembe Mutombo. Like maybe he him, <laughs> he's like, no, 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 not How, You were the bang. last person I would think that would reference Dikembe Mutombo. I, I literally only know that guy from the commercials that he's been on. He was on <laughs> that one so many years ago. I think it was like for Progressive. And then he was on another one just recently, which I think was also Progressive, maybe? So, they're, some insurance they're thing. They're absolutely good commercials. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I'd love uh, his uh, laugh. Uh, uh. <laughs> he could be a video yeah, game boss. He should be. Holy shit. Could you imagine him Dark souls up? He's just all just decrepit and haggard and he no matter what you do he blocks you you well, go, you'll you, attack he blocks it with his hand or whatever yeah yeah it'd have to be like if you had anything ranged like a bow or or a gun in destiny he would just like swat it away and be like uh-uh holy cow dude um speaking of haggard uh hagrid hagrid no i yeah <laughs> ps1 hagrid <laughs> no it's uh next one i have is uh I'm not 100% sure if you pronounce it Gigas or or Gigas, but oh. uh, Gigas from Earthbound. Um, oh. And this 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 obviously is the last boss in Earthbound, but it, it's super cool, but also a little bit different. Because so what happens is uh, so your party of four, Ness, Paula, Jeff, and Pooh, you um you basically travel back in time to go fight. Gigas while he's a baby or an infant or something like that, basically. So because like you, you can't you can't possibly take him on at full power. There's no way. Um, so they, I forget exactly how they do it, but they they have to have their souls transferred into, into these androids so that they can travel back in time because their bodies would just be destroyed or something. Um, so those four little robot kids, they go back in time, they fight Gigas, and um. Lo and behold, you can't damage him with any of your attacks. None of your, uh, none of your uh, PK PSI attacks will work. Jeff, no matter how many goddamn bottle rockets you throw out, that piece of shit won't do any damage. <laughs> He's using bottle um, rockets. Yeah, Jeff is the only one that can't use uh, psychic abilities. He, Jeff, just um, throughout the entire course of the adventure, he he invents different things like um, different like consumable items you can use during battle to do damage. Um, any attacks with like laser guns and stuff. Jeff Jeff is awesome, man. Um, but uh, but eventually, you figure out. I, I figured it out just by panicking. Um, <laughs> Paula Paula has this skill called prey, which normally doesn't do a whole lot. You just use prey, and sometimes it'll restore like HP or or PP, which is your psychic uh, points. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, with with Gigas though, it actually it, it damages him. Um, so you just keep oh. using prey a ton, and it gathers up the like the positive vibes um, of people that you've met throughout your journey and then throughout the entire world. And like an almost like like Dragon Ball Z, like uh, Frieza spirit bomb kind of situation. He's like, "People of Earth, lend me your power," but not like that. Um, yeah, you just, you just keep praying, and more and more and more people lend you their power, basically, or their positive vibes. And eventually, yeah, you beat Gigas, and uh, and yeah, he's just he's an absolute asshole. 
little fetus looking guy, little red fetus. Your uh, your description of Dragon Ball Z means nothing to me because I, I haven't seen it. But I think a better example oh. a better example would have been the scene in Elf where Santa's sleigh is failing and everyone <laughs> needs to have more Christmas spirit to power it. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my god. I should have I should have done the elf thing that was what was more uh, more in line with that. That's perfect. Tommy. I feel like the video game audience can better connect with Elf than Dragon Ball Z. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't believe I didn't think of Elf. <laughs> I I have a I have a boss that I'm going to talk about, and it's going to be painful for you, and I'm sorry. That's um, fine. Go ahead. It's uh it's the shelled one from Blaze Ball. Oh. <laughs> No, it's, I'm not, it's such yeah. a good boss. Um, I'm gonna contain my sorry. I miss you, shoot thieves. You were done so dirty. Uh, please seriously, seriously. Oh man, we'll get, we'll get into it. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I uh, Blaseball is a game. You can't play it right now because it's been all the players have been sleeping for about a year now. Um, it it was a internet browser game, which man an internet browser game in the 2020s but yeah um and it was essentially a simulated baseball league all of the players and teams were made up and throughout one calendar week from monday to friday the game the the teams would play each other 24 hours a day the games were simulated and you could watch them it would just be like a little ticker like you could just see the box score and the bases and it would be like first pitch strike one second pitch ball one third pitch single and you you just watch the games happen and uh it was delightful yeah it was it was wonderful you would uh, pick your team i i picked the canada moist talkers aaron was a fan of the charleston shoe thieves Ooh, and, buddy <laughs> And, and there's a Discord where you would find like-minded people who you would talk about. You, there were watch parties, so you just watch the games and talk about stuff. And you, you really grew to love the players and, and things. And uh, right before I started watching, they introduced Peanuts into the league, which you could use to... Uh, I don't even know if they had anything right away for what you could use Peanuts for. But people... Being people found a way to cheat the system and ended up getting an unreasonable amount of peanuts. And because of that, <laughs> um, in season three, day two, the shelled one appeared. It's just this big peanut that just interrupted everything and would just pop up on the screen and start talking in all caps, red letters. And uh, like his first message is, hello, do you taste the infinite? I am benevolent. I am a snack. I am a legume. I was benevolent, you are insatiable, where is your restraint? And throughout the next few seasons, which is a week at a time, each season is only a week, he would show up at the end of the season and just do messed up stuff. He would take players and put them into peanut shells and and make players honey roasted. And like he would take the best players and turn them into, trap them in peanut shells, which was really rude. So like, the best players wouldn't be able to play because they were trapped in peanut shells. And uh, I'm trying to find it. Season 9. Uh, at the end of Season 9, Aaron's Charleston Shoe Thieves won the championship. They won the whole thing. Which, that was their first championship, right? Yeah. Usually, 
a team wins the championship and then that's it. It goes into the off season. Uh, there was a goal of winning three championships and uh, your team would ascend, which no one knew what that meant yet. But the Charleston Shoe Thieves won their first one. And then the shelled one shows up out of nowhere and is like, I'm going to kill you all. And he brought a team of all the players that he had put in shells were corrupted. And he made a team of them to go off, face off against the Charleston Shoe Thieves. And it turned into a JRPG boss battle with yeah. bars and everything. And there was like crazy backgrounds. And he was making fun of players using... He would use phrases that the fans had like picked up on and started using like he used them sarcastically and it was like crazy and the shoe thieves got destroyed and because they lost they got cursed what was the what was the curse that they got uh it was different for like hitters and pitchers pitchers it would make it so that every 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 so often they would throw a mild pitch or something like that and then uh for hitters it would be like was it for for every every hit they then get a miss or something like that i i yeah, forget it was it was a it was infuriating disadvantage a significant infuriating. Disadvantage. like they yeah. literally never recovered i think how many seasons did they have of blaze ball uh, i want to I, I i gotta know this real quick uh, i think it went on to like 13 i think i thought it was more than that season 24 Maybe. began on oh, july 26 2021 so there was like 15 more seasons and the shoe thieves never recovered from that. They, they legitimately like that curse. It, I know that they tried trading players away just to get those modifications away, but it, man, significant disadvantage for the rest of time. And, uh, the next season, the Baltimore crabs won the championship and that was their third championship. So they ascended. So, uh, the Sheldon pod still came out. They beat the the uh, the crabs, and then out of nowhere, the monitor, which is a giant squid, who, who <laughs> this, this <laughs> would sound absolutely insane to anyone listening. The uh, the this giant squid who is in charge of the Hall of Flame, which is where players go when they die, <laughs> showed up and was like, hey, no, stop doing this, and brought the best players from the Hall of Flame to take on the Shelled Ones team, which is, like, the best players. And it was, like, this back-and-forth fight. It came down to the wire, and eventually the, the squid teams, the monitors teams won, and the monitor ate the peanut, crunched it up, and... Uh, and that was the, the, they defeated the, the boss. It was another JRPG battle. And the developers have said that they did not, like, it was, that was not, like, story-driven and always going to happen. They said, like, everything else in the game, it was a simulation, and they absolutely could have lost, and the, the shelled one could have continued doing horrible things to the league. But we just happened to beat it in our first try. So what, what made this so impactful for me was just because, like I said, 99% of the game is just watching simulated baseball games on a ticker. And then out of nowhere, the the shelled one, it, it just turns into a JRPG battle. And it was, I was on a vacation with my wife. We were in a cabin out of the <laughs> And as soon as the, the Shoe Thieves won, I was messaging you like, dude, the Shoe Thieves won. And then the peanut appears. And I'm like frantically on my phone in the middle of wilderness going switching from discord back to the screen to messaging you and my wife's like what's going on and i'm like 
I don't know how to describe what's happening, but the peanut god is is attacking the shoe thieves. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, just, just hold on. I've got to watch this. <laughs> Shut the hell up for a minute, baby. The peanut god is talking. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to go make s'mores. And I'm like, I'll be right there. <laughs> Maybe you want to. <laughs> oh, man. I think I, we the shoe thieves came so close to winning so many other championships, but it, it always came down to like the when the crabs came back. Fuck the crabs, oh by gosh. the way. When, mm-hmm. when the crabs came back, they would just obliterate the other teams. Um, oh, we I remember we tried so hard to to re-roll our best players, re-roll their mods. I mean, so that yep. they would get rid of the um, I forget what whatever the hell it was called. Um, a couple were successful, most weren't. Um, but God, that, that's, that stung. And that was like, maybe like not too soon after I started playing the game, I think yep. it was like maybe two weeks after, I think <laughs> two full seasons. <laughs> yeah, basically. God damn it. Um, yeah, I, uh, man, I, so I'm a fan of in real life, Minnesota sports teams, which are known to be cursed the last time a Minnesota sports team won a championship was 1991. They have the oh, shit. the longest, the the basketball team, the Timberwolves, have never won. The Vikings, the football team, have never won. The hockey team oh, has shit. never won. It's like they're legit cursed. And the Canada Moist Talkers, like year after year, you with with other fans of the team build strategies that you want to execute on to make your team better. And we did like a lot of moves that we wanted to have happen and like made the team that we wanted. And when they won the championship, I legit had tears in my eyes because I've never experienced a team that I cheer for win a championship. And it was just such a buildup of like trying hard and, and actually succeeding and seeing it happen was just like incredible. Something I've never experienced in a video game, just being able to celebrate with all these strangers over the internet. And and you moist talkers got so close a couple times yeah. to getting your yeah that you, too you are, you are two championships for so long you mm-hmm. needed just one more to to evolve or whatever the hell yeah but... ascend and then their 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 thing wasn't even that special but that's that's fine um, like I said though baseball is gone they got like millions of dollars in funding and so they're making it into a phone app. Um, and doing all sorts of other changes. And it's supposed to be back at the end of summer, so be on the lookout for Blazeball returning. My life is going to be taken over by Blazeball again, and I'm so excited. I'm ready for that, too. I hope. I wonder if they're going to have the same teams or if it's going to be totally different ones. It'll it'll be the same teams. I'm not sure about players, though, because at the end they said, uh, like, the Moist Talkers will return, the Crabs will return, etc. will return. But I'm not sure what the teams will be. I'm totally down with that. I wonder. Um, one of my favorite parts of baseball was the uh, was the lore behind all the characters because you oh, never you yes. never you never got a definitive like I guess profile for each character other than like what their favorite like I guess coffee drink was or if they were like left or right handed or whatever. But how many hands remember, they had? Yeah, <laughs> I remember like um one of my one of my favorite ones was Blood Hamburger, and um. <laughs> And there are so many different versions of this guy on like the, the baseball wiki. Uh, one of my favorite ones, and I think I have a I bought one of those um, those decks of like cards that they they made for baseball. Yeah. Uh, he's basically just um like a per- like a person made out of ground meat or whatever, and uh, 
Oh man, then Hotbox Sato, he was just a, a living sentient like smoke being or whatever. <laughs> the oh man, I we gotta. I'm sorry, this is turning into baseball talk, but it's baseball fine. is the best. Um, we uh, my favorite thing was the the entire league coming together to bring a player back from the dead. Yeah, Jalen Hot Dog Fingers. Um, <laughs> he died because players die when bad. Like there's. When there's a solar eclipse, there's a chance that the umpires shoot lasers from their eyes and kill players. It happened. And uh, Jalen Hot Dog Fingers was the first one to be killed that way. And he went into the Hall of Flame. And um, uh, there was a... At the end of each season, players vote for different things to happen with the league. And one of the things was like, your team receives the number 14 player from the Idol Board, which the Idol Board is like people vote for their favorite players. And so players at the top of the idol board are people's favorite players. And so everyone collectively was like, what if we put Jalen hot dog fingers at number 14? Cause he's dead at the time. What happens? And so they did that. Everyone worked together to keep him at number 14. And he went back to the team. He came back to life. And uh, the developers in the most clever thing possible cursed him so that he had a chance of, killing players when he hit them with a pitch it's just so many crazy things so many oh one thing i wanted to say about the uh about blazeball was early on like very early on people just on their own were making up the lore for players and it was a thing where i remember people in the discord being like is this okay should we be doing this or should we wait for the developers to do things and the developers came out and were like Go ahead, create whatever lore you want, create whatever content you want, just go wild. And that was like the best move that they ever did. That was, because they, they, there was one site called Blaseball Cares, and they would make different like yeah. t-shirts and like shorts and like actual like trading cards for players and shit. And uh, they had like stickers and stuff too, dude, it was so cool. A lot of charity work from Blaseball Cares too. They... They yeah. raised a lot of money for a lot of charities, which is super cool. I can't imagine what they would think being like, hey, we're an internet game. Here's thousands of dollars. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. And uh, so the last the last boss I have, not to take us off the topic of Blazeball, oh, no, because fine. I missed, I missed Blazeball dearly. Um, the last boss I have is from a game that I just recently beat. Uh, it's from Omori. And that's uh, the fight against Humphrey, the, the big old whale. Um, and I forget if I told you about that one yet or not no, you in haven't. our chat. Well, I, okay. you sent a picture of it. I saw a picture of him. Okay, cool. So yeah, so so Humphrey, it's like toward the end of the game. Um, he uh, he basically acts as like there's there's these three sea witches that live inside of him. Um, kind of like uh, you remember that cartoon? Uh, what was it? The uh, The Misadventures of Flapjack? How they like lived inside of that big whale? No, never watched it. Oh. Dang it! Okay. <laughs> Do you have a comparison Wait. you could use with Elf, maybe? <laughs> uh, did they ever live inside of an elf, <laughs> or live inside of a whale? <laughs> and elf? Inside of an elf. <laughs> no, uh, I can't think of any good elf comparisons. Damn it! It's okay. Um, but yeah, so so basically, uh, party goes inside of this uh, this whale, uh, and basically they're they're looking for their friend, um. What the heck happened? So yeah, oh yes. So they go find they go to find these sea witches, um, and Humphrey is one of those situations where outside it looks you know 
looks all right. But on the inside, it's just massive. Like, it's huge. And all throughout the inside of Humphrey, there's these little uh, taste bud-looking things that pop up. They're, uh, I forget what the exact term was for them, but I, just, I would just refer to them as like little mini Humphreys. They would pop up, and they could talk, and they had their own personality and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, so you go through Humphrey, you beat the Sea Witches, um, and then... And then Humphrey all of a sudden is just like, like, hey, you know, feed me. I need food. And nobody has any food. So uh, he, he tries to eat your party. Like he swallows you. And um, and so you, you're you in these, I think there's like maybe four different stages of the fight. So you fight this cluster of mini Humphreys. You beat them and then you keep getting swallowed down further. And then each time you're swallowed down like further, the screen gets dimmer and dimmer. And uh, every time you're about to get swallowed again, or he, he gives you like this creepy rhyme, which I wish I had wrote some down because I not wrote, sorry, written some down. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm stu- I went to high, I went to West Sioux High School. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish I'd written some of them down. Um, but yeah, basically you get swallowed all the way down until you get to uh, his, uh, I guess like the bottom of his mouth or something like that because you, you get to where his uvula is, which now I think about it. Maybe I don't know the anatomy of a whale <laughs> as much as I would I would think, but um, yeah, you get all the way down to his the his mouth or, or something because his uvula is like right there, and you're on his tongue. Doesn't make any sense right now, but uh, yeah, to, to get out of him, you you fight his uvula. You get into this like this fight with his uvula, and literally one hit to it, he spits you out, and then yeah, it's just cool because you just get swallowed down further and further, and I'm sure it's not that type of game, but it would have been great if when you get spit out, you said, see you you later. That would have been good. Oh, man. I'm sure when you're in the dream world, it's a lot more lighthearted. They should have said something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dream world is a lot lighter. Um, What was I? Oh, uh, I you mentioned West Sioux, the school that we went to. Please say the the mascot's name. I want to hear if we were the West Sioux... I I know they had like a, an actual like pronunciation for it, and I've been I've been just relentlessly made fun of for how I pronounce it over here. My, I can bring my wife in to confirm it. Uh, they swear to God it's pronounced Falcon. Yes. Is it? Is it not? No. Yes. That's how we all say it. Is Wesu Falcons? My, oh my God! My wife just I am in rips my boat. ass every time same I say boat. Falcon. <laughs> There's a NFL team, the Atlanta Falcons, and everyone says Falcon, and it just sounds gross to me. It sounds oh like they're gosh. like screaming or something. Falcon, Falcon, <laughs> Falcons, Westu Falcons, and then Captain, then Captain fucking Falcon. They say Captain Falcon, and yeah. like he's saying fucking fucking punch. <laughs> Seriously, what it sounds like. Um, but yeah, I also asked uh, I, when I interned at the radio station in college. There was a an, a woman in her forties that went to Westu as well, and I asked her, and she was like, "No, we say Falcons," and I'm like, "Okay, so it's just." It's us that's right. Us 5,000 people are right, and the rest of the world is wrong. <laughs> yeah. My... It, um, it... Yeah, go on. I was going to say, also, they uh, over here, they have... Uh, so so what we call like a loose meat sandwich, which, which was just like loose like ground meat on a bun and stuff. They call it a beef burger over here, and that made no sense oh. to me because all burgers are beef. But I don't know why you wouldn't just call it a, uh, you know, a loose meat. Because that's what it is. It's loose meat, but my wife has like made me to say soda, and it 
surprise me. <laughs> um, I've I've always said soda surprisingly. Really? It's yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, what about is it breakfast, lunch, dinner, or breakfast, dinner, supper? Uh, we do yeah, we do breakfast, lunch, dinner. That's what again, my wife has trained me to do that. But I grew up breakfast, dinner, supper. Yeah, we also grew up with, with supper. Yeah, my my dad has what's called din sup, where they just Ooh. they say that to encompass both words. Ooh, nice. Um, so that causes confusion when uh, we go visit because my mom will be like, "Oh, you should stop by for dinner," and my wife thinks that that's later, and I'm like, "No, we got to be there at like noon." Oh, oh, I see. So they don't have lunch. They no have dinner. No, no dinner is at noon. Supper is at six. That would mess with me as well too. I'm so my my internal clock is just it, it's just it's breakfast, lunch, dinner. There's, there's no now. other. That's what I yeah. do now. Yes, I agree. We've, what the hell? We've grown up. We've matured, but we still say Falcon. That's true. <laughs> as much as as much as my wife will just relentlessly make fun of me for it. Yeah, I, I'm trying to imagine I, how often that even comes up. <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes when uh. When like her brother is over, they'll, they'll also like they'll, they'll kind of rip into me. Like, hey, Aaron, what's that bird called again, or whatever the hell? <laughs> Say the thing, Falcon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, damn you, West Sue, you've ruined my life. Oh man. Okay, the last boss I have is from one of my top favorite games of all time. Oh man, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, which. Ooh. Uh, I don't know if that's ringing any bells for any listeners, but uh, yeah. the, the first Cacoletta fight is not the final boss oh. fight, but the first Cacoletta fight was uh, really, really huge for me. The whole game was huge for me growing up. It, it really broadened my horizons in, into what games could be and what game stories could do. But um, Cacoletta is the boss in Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, and she steals Peach's voice, and so you got to go and get it back. And the the boss fight is super difficult, first of all. Like, most of the other fights in the game, like, one of the main mechanics is the enemies will kind of signal who they're going to attack and how, so you can dodge it or counter it. And Cacoletas were so subtle. At least they were to me when I was younger. They were so subtle that, like, I really struggled through the fight. And it took a few times for me to beat her. And I... Like, me as a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the end of the game. I remember where I was at. This is going to sound crazy, but I was, it was the summer and I was at my uncle's farm in Minnesota and I was, nice. uh, they were teaching me how to do farming stuff. So I was sitting in the tractor while he was uh, baling hay and I got to this fight and I thought that it was the last boss fight of the game. So I was like, Dean, I need to get out of the tractor because it was super bumpy and stuff. I was like, I need to get out of the tractor and beat this. And he was like, okay. <laughs> So he opened the door and I went under a tree in the middle of this field trying to beat Cacoletta <laughs> as he's driving around on the tractor. And uh, I eventually did beat her. And so like me thinking like, I did it, I beat the game. But Fawful, her um, companion or uh, worker, minion, there we go, minion, scooped up her remains and like brought her away and eventually combined her with Bowser. But just the fact that like, the game took you you beat the final boss but it wasn't the end of the game that's like the midpoint of the game and she becomes more powerful was like crazy to me as a kid just yep. this story that took so many twists and turns like that was my first rpg probably before then i played like sports games and and other stuff and, and so that was like just crazy to me seeing all that stuff happen i think 
Yeah, I'm I'm still stuck on her on the um not not that one, but like the, like the final fight mm-hmm. against Kakaletta on the uh, the remake for 3ds. Yeah. Um, and I I mean they added that like emergency guard where you can like push a button to block, but I, I refuse to use that because that's not yeah. It's Mario and Luigi don't block. God damn it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I can beat her first form, but then there's like a second form. I forget exactly what it is, but I I just can't for the life of me. Beat it. It's tough. God damn it. That's that's another yeah. thing for me as a kid. I was so used to like Pokemon games where you just walk through and hit a few buttons and you you're the champion. Yep. <laughs> this game was actually challenging. And, yeah, because uh, you, you you have to dodge, otherwise you'll take. The, and you could also counter attack by using your your jumps and stuff. So that was pretty cool. The timing was tough, and you had to hit your brother's moves or else you weren't doing enough damage. Oof great game one of the best of all time it's a shame that they ran it into the ground it really is and like that whole the whole company that made it is just completely gone and it's so so sad because it'd be so good on switch too i know they could they could absolutely do like (laughs) they all they had to do was just not make the remakes i mean the superstar saga one was good but the bowser's inside story one we didn't really need well, after that one was Partners in Time, which was supposed to be a Game Boy Advance game, but then they ported it to DS at the last minute. So it didn't actually have any DS features. You used the touchscreen oh. twice in the game, maybe. And and then instead of having Brothers moves, they had items, which... Yep, that that's sucked. Not, it's not as fun. Like I, It was so cool being like, I'm going to hit my brother with a hammer, and then I'm going to hit him like a golf ball. And instead it's like... We have a shell that we're going to bounce back and forth. As long as you keep hitting the button, you keep doing damage. I liked I liked how in Bowser's Inside Story they had um, like the bros moves incorporated other elements of Mario. Like uh, there was one move where um, it was kind of like what you're talking about. They would like you, they would use your hammers to smack back and forth like a turtle shell. And then one of the brothers, brothers would just launch it at the enemy. And um, I forget what some of the other ones were, but... Oh, those are always cool to me how they, they incorporated like other stuff from other Mario games in that. Yeah. Um, one just one last revolutionary thing for me was early on you find uh, the town, the main town area that's got like all the shops and stuff, and you walk around meeting all the people and everything. And uh, um, at one point, like it gets attacked and blown to smithereens and it's destroyed. Oh yeah. And, stuff. and that was crazy to me as a kid because like i'm just used to finding things in games and that being how they are so like seeing it get attacked and demolished and everything and that's the way it was for the rest of the game i was like oh my gosh this is serious business (laughs) oh yeah it definitely wasn't the most serious game on the planet but yeah that was it was i think you could still buy items and stuff but it just wasn't as like apparent as it was because it'd be like here's the item shop but then you have to actually go look like after it gets destroyed to go look for the guy who sells stuff because he's like Hiding out in some other house or something. Uh, fun fact: there are, there are hidden beans in the world, and when you walk over them, you get a little exclamation point over your head. If you played it on the GameCube, the controller would vibrate. So no shit. Yeah, how crazy is that for this Game Boy Advance game? They made a they had the GameCube in mind for if people played it on the GameCube. That's pretty. They need to they need to do something like that again with the Switch, like because they had the the GBA player for the GameCube. They should make something like. Uh... No, I guess I don't know if they could do that with like DS games or whatever, because you would need the touch screen. No, the, the twit. No. <laughs> hmm. 
I guess I don't know how that'd work. You could, uh, cool. I, you could use the, it, it'd be a horrible solution, but you could use the, the pointer of the Wii Remote to touch the TV screen. It, um, I remember seeing like, uh, maybe like a year or so ago amidst all the, the yearly rumors of the, of the Switch 2 or the Switch Pro, someone envisioned it in bit, sorry, in, oh my God, envisioned it. With like with two screens, basically one that I like kind of like folded down or something like that, and like that, yeah. sounds like it might be cool but cumbersome at the same time. I, I mean, part of me wants to say, how do you transfer? Like it's it's just too much of a change. But yeah. look at what Nintendo's done with every generation; they're not afraid of doing huge changes. Yeah, like with with the Wii U, it kind of made sense that they uh, they brought DS games to the Virtual Console because I mean, yeah, you could yeah, use. Yeah. You could use the the gamepad as the bottom touch screen, obviously, and then the, the, the your big TV would be the top screen. But uh, I don't see a way they could do like like the Wii U gamepad kind of thing with the Switch because the Switch has to be in the dock. Yeah, know. yeah. Oh, you're right. That's actually yeah. I hadn't thought about that. That's that's a huh. That's something that the Wii U does better. Other than being, other than taking for fucking ever. To load in and out of the settings menu. My god. You need to take a video of that and post it on the Twitter. Because I, I need to see it firsthand. I'm going to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll hook it all up. And yeah, I'll take a video for you. And then put it right on the Twitter. How how long it takes to... It, it, it's not all that long. But it's still... No, it's... Compared to the Switch. Where it's just... It's like instant. It's like a snap of your fingers. It goes to the settings in and out. But this one has to like load. It's like, please wait. And it's like... Five seconds feels like a long time. Especially when all you fucking want to do is just change, like, maybe your internet settings or, like, change, put punch in your NNID or whatever. But yeah. Because we weren't blessed with game states saving like every system does nowadays where the game stays loaded in the background. You had to exit games and go and do the settings and go back in and hope it worked. Oh, kids. Um, do you have any more bosses? <laughs> no, that's it for me. Same. I had a couple of bad ones written down, but I kind of like, I, I always err on the side of being positive than negative. So let's just, we won't talk about them. Um, so let's see. It's, it's my turn to pick the topic for next week, right? Yep. Wrong. Cause we're going to have a guest next week. And, oh. and, uh, it's, it's our friend Grant and, uh, yeah. I'm gonna call him real quick and have him tell us what the topic is. I genuinely don't know what he's oh. what he's gonna pick. Then we also get that uh, that call in comment. Uh, oh yeah, we gotta week. do that. We'll do that after this. Okay. Good morning. Hello, welcome to the podcast. What's your name? Age, location. Do you are we doing ASL? We're really going back to AOL. Yes. Oh okay. Oh, this is your buddy Grant. Hi, Grant. Hi. Hello, is Aaron Grant. there, too? Yeah, Aaron says hi. You can't hear him because I don't have speakers. Oh, that's right. I can't. Okay, well, hello. Uh, you're going to be the guest on next week's podcast, so you, as the guest, get to pick the topic. What are we okay. going to be talking about next week? So, we all went to high school together, so I thought yep. I'd do a little twist on um, something that all high schools have, which is a yearbook. 
Okay. And so I think for next week, I think we should, if it's up, if it's fine with you guys, come with a list of games or anything of that fit categories under like most likely to or whatever. So it can be something as simple as most Ooh. likely to make Tommy pee his pants or whatever, and then you list a whole. That wasn't games. in our yearbook. That wasn't in our yearbook. Just so everyone knows. That wasn't a what? That wasn't in our yearbook. Oh yes, no, it wasn't. Um. Uh, or it can be something very specific, like most no, likely to take you on three or four dates and then leave you missing a kidney in a gutter or None something like that. None of these like are in yearbooks. Yes, but no, like but we're saying that no, it's likely know. to. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't know. What do you guys think? I like it. Yeah, that Let's sounds great. It. Let's do it. Okay. Just I thought it'd be kind of fun, see how creative we can get and everything with it. So. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well. Look forward to that next week. I'm going to let you go for now. That's a great topic. Bye, Grant. Okay. See ya. Oh, man. I was going to oh. ask him how he... Hold on. I'm going to call him back. Okay. Hello. Hello. Uh, I have one more question I forgot to ask you. <laughs> yes. Uh, what was our school mascot? We were the West Sioux. Oh. Well, it depends how you pronounce it. <laughs> how do you pronounce it? falcon or falcon yeah there you go okay thank you bye see everyone it's falcon we all know it, it. is <laughs> do not do not send us email hate emails or hate tweets it is we it's ingrained into our brains we've been we've been brainwashed in like an almost clockwork orange fashion that it's it's falcon if if you ask 99.99 percent of the population they'll just they'll just say falcon outright for yep. anyone from our school, you're like, we're, we're almost like offended by it. We're like, well, it depends on how you pronounce it. <laughs> I'll have to have uh, one of these days when Cheyenne berates me for how I pronounce it. I'll, I'll have to bring you on the phone and maybe Grant too. You know, we'll, we'll yeah. really get into her about it. Like, no, this is this is how we were taught. God damn it. It's not our fault. You were taught wrong. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, man. The, the voicemail. We were left a voicemail on Anchor. Um, by I'm just gonna say the podcast name for now. It was the the Beard and the Baby podcast. Um, so let's take a listen to it right now. Beard here, longtime listener, first time caller, and just want to say quickly that you guys are doing a great job with this. Love listening to it. Uh, you guys make me chuckle now and then, which is good. Good stuff. Moi, top of the line. Question though, if you guys could be trapped in any video game for the rest of your life. What video game would you want to be trapped in and why? Again, keep up the good stuff, guys. That's a tough one, but I guess to appease my inner child, it'd be dope to live in the world of like any Digimon game, particularly like the Digimon Cyber Sleuth games, because I'm a total total nerd weeaboo person and it'd be cool to have a Digimon. Yeah, similarly, I would pick Pokemon just because I want all those Pokemon to be my friends. And I don't even know if I go around battling. I just go and collect them all, and we have fun mm -hmm. times. I think that's the important thing when, because this question has been asked before, and people have answered it. You, I would never put myself in a game where I have a chance to die. No one ever dies in Pokemon. They just have fun adventures, and they're the same age forever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, nobody does die in Pokemon. I think. Mm, I don't Except think for anybody's Cubone's died. Cubone's mom. Oh, <laughs> Rip Cubone's mom. I don't know if anybody's died in Digimon. I don't think. I don't think so. Um, I'm recalling my memories of the show. Maybe Leomon? Leomon died in like season three, I think? No, I don't know. I'll look it up later. Forget about it. 
Okay, I've forgotten. So yeah, okay. if you want to, you can, you, listener, can go to anchor.fm and find our page, which is actually really hard to do on Anchor, so maybe go to our Twitter page and find it that way, and you can leave a voice message, or we ask questions, or you can find us on Twitter at SuperPodSaga, or you can send us an email at SuperPodSaga at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Facebook. Um, did I forget anything? Um, we also have an Instagram as well, and oh, I'm trying yeah, that's to. New. That's new. I, I'm trying to figure all that out. The uh, just like a bowling ball through a pool full of Jello, the, the MySpace completely fell through. <laughs> Turns out it's harder to use than it was in 2006, and they only care about like music artists or some stupid shit now. Yeah. So no, no super hot saga MySpace. Sorry, sadly, everyone. we we maybe when we make music, we can create a MySpace page, but it seems Ooh. pretty tailored towards music right now. Unfortunately, I can't play any music. I. I've never been able to play an instrument, despite how much I've tried. Oh, we can just do parodies, though. We're both pretty good at parodies. You had that one in high school. Hey, Aunt Jemima. Oh, my gosh. You remember that? Yeah, right. I do. Don't worry about the bacon. (laughs) Oh, that makes me so happy that I made an impact on someone with my music. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I remember that. That was super cool. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I told my wife about it, and and now I have to tell her that you remember it. Hell, yeah. times. Uh, so, yeah, look forward to next week where we talk about video game yearbook topics with our friend Grant, and I'm sure we're going to talk about much more high school things, too, which I don't even know if that interests people, but it interests me. That's right. It's our podcast, so uh, please bear with us. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Goodbye.